Ciao, Bella. I am Ronnie and Ryan, love and cosmic coach, and this is the Breathe, Love, and Magic podcast. We'll talk about a magical mix of mystical methods, including everything that works to live your best life, grow spiritually, and maybe find love. Open your heart, expand your mind, and connect with spirit. Tune into the magic that is all around you. If you enjoy the show, please give it a thumbs up or write a glowing review and click the bell to subscribe so you'll know when the next episode is available. I offer listeners cosmic coaching and guidance for your spiritual path, psychic, intuitive, or card readings, or learn about your past lives and how they influence your life today with an Akashic Records reading. Learn more at nevertoolate.biz. May good fortune and magic come to all those who listen to the Breathe, Love, and Magic podcast. And now, on with the show. In this episode of the Breathe, Love, and Magic podcast, I'm speaking with Ashley Renee, the Elemental Embodiment Coach. She helps guide you back to well-balanced life through unique journeys, using tools and techniques that helped her overcome obstacles in life. These are practices you can use even during a demanding and busy schedule. The creator of a truly unique program, Ashley combines many therapies and coaching backgrounds to create a space of healing and awareness for workshop or retreat attendees or for people who work with her in one-on-one journeys. Her mission here on Earth is to create a safe space, remind others how to love through loss, and to be the center in the chaos. Ashley is here to remind you that you are safe to be in your body and safe to feel what is coming up to you. She's been a holistic wellness practitioner for 11 years, studied yoga for 16 years, including 12 years teaching. She also has 11 years experience in facial release, the effects of trauma on the brain and the nervous system, and how to heal those imbalances using the five elements of nature. Ashley, hi. Hello, beautiful. How are you? Good. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to talk to you for a number of reasons, and I've made a list. The first thing I want to say is when I'm looking at your website, the Elemental Embodiment, you got some good pics on there, girl. I have, you know, kind of secretly modeled since I was 18 years old. And those pictures have been a way for me to actually process through some of my own trauma healing and see the beauty that I have. Well, you definitely have, for sure. You've got that feminine charm, femme fatale kind of seductress thing going on there. And your pictures are amazing. You know, you could probably teach some classes in that. I'm sure you have your hands full and you don't want to, but I'm just saying this is, you know, it reminds me of now I'm not saying it's like mama Gina's work because I haven't taken one of her workshops, but I read her book countless years ago about flirting. These are very flirty pictures. So you, you got something happening there for sure. So there's actually a backstory to that. And it's, uh, so I have always, since a young girl, been very, very sensual. And in our society, as you know, that gets shut down and shunned and shamed and guilted, especially with religion behind it, right? Oh, yeah. And so it took me a lot of years to really, I think it was when I was about 25 that I actually started embracing that I just have a incredible sensual energy about me and to be able to use it in a 
healing and positive way, not in a manipulative way that people think that it is used. Oh yeah. I wasn't at all thinking that this was about manipulation, but it is about owning your desirability as a woman. That's how I see it. Having been a love coach for 20 years, (laughs) that's where my brain goes. So I was just curious. Let's move on to how you do your trauma therapy. I know this is like your main thing, right? Yeah. So Therapy is kind of a loose term. While I am certified in therapy, you know, our culture goes into all of these different licensures and regulations. And so I I tend to say I'm a trauma coach just because it gets through all of the, oh, beautiful, you know, gray areas of being a therapist or not. So I work with the elements, the five elements, ether, air, fire, water, and earth. And I teach you what it feels like to be balanced, excessive, or depleted in each of these elements and how to bring yourself back to balance within mind, body, and spirit. We do this through breath work, movement, meditation, uh, visualization, shamanic drum journeys, and so many different beautiful tools. That sounds pretty cool. So what's the difference between air and ether? Air is air. If you look at air... Air is the element that is communication, being able to communicate clearly, being able to have clear ideas or be in integrity with yourself, compassion or have clear desires. Whereas ether is actually the element of loving clear boundaries or presence or openness, spirit, space. Ether is known as that void where creation happens. Oh, wow. The void where creation happens. Ether is that space you go into when you find that blissful feeling within a good meditation or your, your ability to express all of your emotions. You feel like you have the space, the safety to express. Okay. I can't remember, but I know like in feng shui, they use five elements, but I, can't, I think metal is their fifth one. Yeah. So Chinese medicine is much different. Chinese medicine uses wood and metal, whereas I have been taught through the polarity therapy perspective of Dr. Randolph Stone. The difference is that we don't use wood or metal. We use earth, fire, air, and water, and then ether being that fifth element. Well, in traditional shamanism, certainly that's, they use those four basic elements. Mm-hmm. I, hadn't, I hadn't heard of ether, so that's really interesting for me. You know, and when I think of air, the little bit that I've learned I've heard as a ceremony where they were like, you know, bring in all the four directions and you're like, the air is the winds of change, you know, help me let go of what no longer serves me and blow through me and that kind of stuff. So, so this sounds very interesting now. So how much of this is also a shamanic influence? It's a lot shamanic influence. Um, A lot of how I have perceived the elements is taking journeys to the elements and asking them what their purpose was. And, you know, air, because we've been talking about air, right? When I journeyed to air and I asked it what its purpose was, if you think about how air whips through cities, right, through these concrete jungles, it's actually clearing the energetic debris and stagnation from these areas. Just as water clears, you know, a hurricane looks devastating, but Mother Earth is actually cleansing and purifying herself. Well, it's so funny that you say that because then I think, well, fire is certainly purifying and cleansing. Mm -hmm. So when I think of the basic four elements, then there's earth and that one doesn't seem cleansing to me. That one just seems like the foundation or something. No, because think about earthquakes, right? 
Earthquakes oh. are our mother earth moving and vibrating to create a different frequency to move and shift things that need to be shifted. Or volcano is same, same. Exactly. Volcano is earth and yeah. fire mixed together. And all of the elements are going to have their correlations and relations to one another. That is so interesting. I never thought about it like that. Thank you. Give me an example. Somebody comes to you because they want to do what? A lot of the times people come to me because they have a deep trauma that has been keeping them stuck and stagnant in life, or okay. they don't have clarity on their purpose. You know, I get a lot of mothers who come to me and feel like my life is just being sucked by those around me and the expectations of what I should be doing. And I don't know myself anymore. Right. So mm. I, I teach them how to remember the power that is within anyone who is going through depression or anxiety or grief things like that. We, I can help them to learn to feel safe, feeling everything that is coming to their experience, right? So along with the five elements, we go into the five senses, right? So this is taste, touch, sight, uh, smell. And I teach them how to feel safe in their body again, in order to actually allow what needs to come through to be felt. So many people shut down their feelings because they're afraid to feel what is coming up. And so with movement, with sound, with yoga, you know, with reactivating the voice, we go into a space where it allows them tools to be able to take with them. And, and so this is the most important thing is I am not a healer. I cannot heal you. I can only give you the tools to heal yourself. Right. So my goal is to give you tools that you can continuously use from here on out to create balance in your life. Oh, that's really powerful. And that makes so much sense. I know that's true that we all have to be responsible for our own healing, although we can get help, right. guidance and help and some direction or whatever. And I think so many times we falter, right? We go on this healing path and we find that, well, we've progressed two steps, but then we fall three steps back because it seems as if everything is falling apart. Well, the way I like to explain it is if you are a tree in the forest, you can only see the perception of what that tree can see. But if you are the, the raven flying over the top of the forest, you have a completely different perception. When you have a coach walking with you through that journey and things start to fall apart, your coach can then remind you, hey, it's okay. This is you deprogramming and getting rid of all the things that no longer serve you, that were built on a foundation that no longer matters so that you can actually upgrade in your frequency. Every month I do a Facebook live for the love forecast for the month. I have a partner who I do it with. We were talking about how the energy right now is really set up to rid yourself of what is from other people, like things that are overshadowing your own way or your own belief or whatever, and letting those structures go so that you can emerge, so you can be yourself, so you can be authentic and do what's right for you. And I'm not like a lot of people do all this predictive stuff or whatever. I'm just doing the love forecast. We're just looking at what could potentially serve you regarding love and your love life and why you should get out there and meet people and whatever. But I'm feeling like for whatever reason right now, there's a shift of energy to be more supportive of this kind of letting go and releasing so that your own foundation could be set up in a stronger way and you can follow your own path. What's your experience with that right now? 
I mean, from everything that I've been feeling just in my personal life, it's, it is totally a time of releasing the attachments to the things that are holding you back. Yeah. And part of that is the expectations of what we quote should be doing in this life. I see that firsthand because I, through this whole process of moving into my camper and, and creating this whole new life and flow for myself, I keep getting people that ask me, well, well how are you going to survive? And I keep telling them the same thing. I'm not going to survive. I've been surviving. This is my time to thrive. I love hearing that. Well, that's coming from a much more empowered place. Like you're not worrying about your basic level of needs. And, you know, that's what survival is, right? Struggling with your most basic level of needs. You've gone way beyond that. And now you're looking to really expand and grow and try new things and have new experiences and explore you're exploring, right? Yeah. And, and I truly feel that what we focus on grows. So if you're focused on your survival needs, then you're always going to be faced with, well, how do I survive? But if you are focused on, I trust that I have always survived. Now I get to choose to thrive. Then you are actually shifting your paradigm. You're shifting your frequency from survival mode into a greater capacity of trusting and surrendering the process and your purpose which the results would be very different. Right. Yeah. All right. I just want to talk a little bit about sound and the voice. I love chanting. So I've done some Sanskrit chanting, Deepak Chopra, the king of all the mantras and stuff. And then I started a while ago, I started writing my own little things and I wasn't like sitting there trying to write something. It was just something would start coming to me. I'm like, "Hmm, what's this? So then I would write it down and then music would come and I'm like, I'm not a composer. What's this? I'm not a songwriter. And then I'd get these little songs. And so when I went on my journey to manifest love in my life and find my husband, I wrote a lot of little ditties, we'll call them. And since then I discovered that they're also called charms, which I did not realize. I'm not, I haven't been in touch with that aspect of myself, but anyway, I've manifested many things. So it's kind of like an affirmation, but it has a little music to it. And when I sing it, I just feel it. And, you know, it resonates through your whole body. And we're so much percentage of water. I've seen a, a wide variety of percentages of what, how much water is in the human body. We're perfect sound instruments because of all that water. So how do you use the sound and the voice for the healing process? The first thing I'm going to start this with is it does not matter what you sound like. When you sing, it does not have to be pretty. It does not have to sound a certain way. Okay. So many people have shut down their voice because they are afraid that it doesn't sound good. Okay. Every human is innately a song bird, if you will. We all have the ability to sing. It is just the confidence in allowing yourself to create that frequency and that vibration. Okay. Now- When you go into the idea of manifestation and how your songs were actually creating that power, how does manifestation work? Manifestation works because we have an emotion behind it. Well, what does music do? Music invokes an emotion. It invokes a feeling, right? So there's more power behind singing an affirmation than there is by saying it. Yeah. Now on the other side of that, if you've ever looked at the anatomy of the larynx and the cervix, they are identical to one another, which means women specifically have a power that bringing the sound and the wisdom up from the womb into the throat has an incredible power to heal both herself and those she is singing to. Oh, wow. I never heard that before. 
So I don't go into, you know, your traditional chants and stuff like that. Most of the time it is singing affirmations. It is singing tones and just allowing yourself to tune back into your felt sense. And when you make a tone, where do you feel that frequency, that Mm. vibration in your body? If you have a pain in your body, if you have a pain in your shoulder, what sound does that pain want to make to be expressed so that it can release itself? That really makes you think for me anyway, it definitely makes you think. Well, and when you go into trauma, right? So say you, you hold a trauma in your body and it's held in your nervous system and you feel this pain every day and you give yourself that permission in that space to tune into, okay, what sound does this want to make? Sometimes it is a blood curdling scream and you have to feel comfortable and safe enough to allow yourself to go there. But the freedom it creates in our physical vessel is absolutely incredible. So it's releasing the way you're using it. It's actually releasing that stored energy. So if you think of energy, it moves with intention, right? If you, if you think of a human, what does a human want? A human just wants to be observed. It wants to be noticed. So if you have a pain or a trauma or something being held in your body that is stagnant, most of the time people dissociate or numb from it. But what it really wants is to be observed and seen and be able to express, and then it will move on and we don't have to hold it anymore. Oh boy, that's very freeing. That is so interesting. So tell me a little bit about being the eye of the storm with powerful magic. Mm. So being the eye of the storm is returning to being the observer. So, so often we take things personally right? Someone at the grocery store cuts us off or in traffic, we get cut off or, or whatever it is. And we take it personally. Mm -hmm. Why are we taking things so personally? Yeah. What I teach is, and this actually come through a big grieving process. After four miscarriages, I, I really had to return to the power of the observer and stop taking things so personally, because when you lose children, that is something that you start asking the questions of what is wrong with me? you know, why can't I carry this child or whatever it is. And so I really had to return to being the observer. And in that, I found the power of stepping back, stop taking things personally, and simply observe the world around you instead of being consumed by it. So the idea of the magic behind being the eye of the storm, if you think about it, they tell you a hurricane or a tornado. If you're in the eye of it, you're in the safest place of that storm. So what I tell my clients is return to being the eye of the storm instead of being consumed by the storm around you. So just let it go on around you and you can be nice and calm in the middle. Mm -hmm. Think about social media. How often do we see things that have been happening for thousands of years, but now they're being blown out of proportion because all of a sudden people are seeing them on social media. Well, they're being consumed and distracted by things that really don't matter. They are not being the eye of their own storm. They are being consumed by the chaos. There is a lot of chaos out there. (laughs) Right. But we have the choice to whether we want to be consumed by it or if we want to step back and observe the storm and choose how we want to be while all the rest of it is going on. That makes me think about how I have a friend and we get together oh, every few weeks and then we do, our, we do intuitive work together and we ask spirit different questions, things about our lives or things about the world. And so for several years now, for more than, probably for more than five years, because it was before Trump became president, what we were told, and we often get the same message, which is amazing, but We've been told, don't get sucked in. Be in your own little world and find ways to have joy 
And if you find yourself getting sucked in, get out. Mm -hmm. Don't get sucked in because you will not be at your best when you get involved with what's going on all around you. So we've been working on it. It's not that easy, but we are definitely, we've been working on it. Yeah, it's not easy, but I would like you to think about where you're investing your energy. So if you think of yourself as a full cup, right? And this cup is filled with energy. If you think about how many things in life are you delegating parts of your energy to? And after you've thought about, okay, I send my energy out to these 10 spaces. And then you look at your cup, how full is it of your own energy? And where can you actually call that energy back? Because it really doesn't matter. The investment you are making with that energy is not serving your higher purpose. Huh. So you mean when you get involved with these other things, it's not your, it's not your highest purpose. You're on a path for somebody else's purpose or what are you doing? Well, so think about how much energy it's sucking from you. Okay. So I'm going to, I don't really talk about politics, but I'm going to bring up politics because so many people are consumed by it, right? So they see what's going on in social media and automatically they don't agree with something that the politicians are doing. So they get completely angry. Well, that just created a sinkhole for your energy. You now have an energetic tether to that politician, to that energy line, and it is sucking energy from you, which if you ask if you ask me, that's a baneful magic. They are intentionally trying to suck people's energy because people who do not have their full energy field in contact and aware are easier to control and manipulate. Okay. So what I have started doing is situations like that, where I don't necessarily agree with something, I shift the paradigm. Okay. So a lot of the times what I do is when I see politicians, instead of allowing myself to get angry and take what they are doing as a personal thing, I visualize something cute. So I visualize maybe they have a kitten's head, right? It's hard to be, it's hard to be mad at a kitten. <laughs> That's really funny. Right. But it, yeah. it keeps, it keeps my energy in a loving space. I am able to have loving awareness and know, okay, yes, that stuff is going on. I'm not naive to it, but I don't have to be consumed by it or even involved in it. Yeah. Not being involved is my key methodology. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So I hear you. All right. Well, let's talk about your journey. Do you mind? No, because, not at all. Because you just, uh, you're doing something, what I consider to be brave and you just got in a camper and now you're going where, you know, what's happening? So I just recently downsized from a three bedroom house where I had my yoga studio, my therapy room, and, you know, of course my living quarters. So I condensed from a three bedroom house, got rid of about three quarters of the, in my life, which is essentially just stuff, right? We can't leave this world with it. Yeah. I have been going through, you know, an excitement and a grieving process all in one because we Mm. become attached to the things in our lives. Somehow we feel like they help fill a hole of some sort until we really comes down to it. So I've moved into this tiny little camper, me and my beautiful little cat who I've had for 14 years. She's not as happy about it as I am. (laughs) Um, My plan is to go coast to coast to the United States and connect with men and women all over to help them heal from their traumas, um, going through and teaching them how to, you know, discover themselves by using their five senses and their sensuality and the five elements. And so I just plan on at the end of this month, I will be headed to Austin, Texas. And then after that, be kind of making my way down to Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and then Pensacola, Florida. I may make my way down to Miami, Florida and the Keys. And then I'm going to trek back up and, and see some people in Virginia and Pennsylvania, New York, Detroit, before making my way back over to the West Coast. Well, that's going to keep you busy. It reminds me of 
the library on wheels, you know, where the bus would pull up and they'd have library books. They'd bring library books. To, so you're bringing healings to the library book to, you know, you're bringing it all with you wherever you go. Yeah. And what's your intention? Was that your full intention or is there something else about it? Like, what was your vision for this whole thing? My vision is to create connection. So when 2020 happened, so many people got grounded. So many people all of a sudden felt very unsafe to connect with other human beings. And we were even told to stay six feet away from each other, right? So my goal in all of this is connection and bringing play back to our reality, letting everybody know that it's not so serious. Life does not have to be so serious. We can bring our childlike curiosity back to our everyday life and begin to play and enjoy and experience pleasure again in, in so many beautiful ways. Let me just interrupt there and say, oh my gosh, is there anything we need more right now <laughs> than play and finding ways to enjoy and to reconnect because so many people have become painfully isolated. And as a love coach, I know so many women who thought, oh, this is perfect. I mean, this isn't the exact conversation. It's what I'm anticipating it is. Now I don't have to go on dates. I have the perfect excuse. There's COVID. I couldn't possibly risk my health and life to go out there and meet some men. You know what I mean? <laughs> Uh-huh. And, and so people have really isolated. And I will tell you, even for myself, I mean, I'm married, but I know it's harder to go out at night now. Like if there was a networking thing, I'm like, mm, do I want to do that? Like you get into what I would call inertia. Inertia is a body at rest stays at rest, right? And mm -hmm. a body in motion stays in motion. So I have to push myself now to be back in motion because I'm stuck in the inertia of not going out. And that really, it's not just me. Yeah. There's so many people at all different ages, situations, economic status, whatever it is that are caught in this trap of what we did was isolation. Yeah. So I love that you could be bringing some play around with you. That's pretty fun. It's, it's my goal. I mean, I was sitting at the laundromat the other day and I just, I, you know, what else do you do at a laundromat? But I got my guitar out and I just started playing my guitar because it was that perfect opportunity of, well, I can sit here and numb out and scroll through my phone, or I can create a, a frequency and a vibration that will ripple out and alchemize the energies around me. Oh, that's so beautiful. I love that. So was there anybody else in there with you? No. <laughs> but energy it flows right so oh, the yes. next the next person that walks in there maybe that energy feels lighter and not so bored and dampened there is dampened that's a good word for the laundry you know um <laughs> i think that is a thousand percent true we're not going with a hundred there because there is no question that if you play music into that space it will not feel the same as it did before you entered there's no right. way. So people will walk in there and they might feel sunnier or brighter or whatever it is as a result of the change in vibration and the lifting of it. And, you know, I always talk about music is very soothing to the soul. Almost all the religions and spiritual practices of the world use the voice in some way, shape or mm -hmm. form, whether it's prayer aloud or singing chants or singing hymns or whatever it is. And in fact, when they talk about grief counseling, you know, they talk about 
using the voice is one of the best things you can do. And the one exception, in my opinion, might be opera. <laughs> because opera is so dramatic and painful or whatever a lot of times. But other than that, it usually lifts the spirit. Well, and, and opera does too, right? Like, no, opera is not my favorite. But if you think about the emotion that those people have to find and tap into oh, yeah. in themselves to even get that sound to emerge from them, that is an incredible gift. So, you know, going back to why I use voice so much, it has been used in ancient cultures for longer than we can even imagine. Yeah. And I can't tell you how many times that I have facilitated women's retreats where we go into the, the vocal activation portion and their voices are so suppressed and so shut down that they can't even make a peep. Wow. And the, the emotion that flows out before the sound is incredible. It like just the initiation of wanting to open that vocal sound in the throat automatically opens the floodgates for all the emotions that have been suppressed for far too long. And then do you have to do something to clear that energy as people are dumping it off? <laughs> so most of the time, yes, energy goes by intention. So I have the intentions to alchemize. I Ceremonial tools have been used for a long time. And so I'll burn sage or I'll have certain crystals or, or whatever. Or I'll have a bowl of salt water there. So before the ceremony ever starts, I set the intention that all the energetics will go into that space and be alchemized and transmuted back into loving awareness for the greater good of all living beings. So nice. I love the idea of a bowl of salt water and that everything can be released and transformed through the cleansing of the salt water. That's beautiful. Right. And, and because I work with the elements, I don't just use one. So I yes. use, I use the sage because it's the fire and the air. I use the water because it, the salt water, because it's the earth and the water mixed together. You know, I have my crystals and stones set out because those are earth. So you make sure to set Looking at ether, when I set a ceremony space, I visualize a globe around, you know, that space that we are in that cannot be penetrated. Oh, I like that. That's really good. Because then you've created a sacred space and mm -hmm. then you're safe within that. So that it's kind of like the eye of the storm again, in a way. And we're safe within it. But the other thing is, is to not let the, I don't like using bad or negative, but maybe the denser energies, right? So if women are releasing these denser energies, I don't want those denser energies to go find a new host. Oh, so yeah. they also stay within that circle or in that ether, in that ball, so that we can then transmute and alchemize them, sending them back out in loving awareness instead of their denser energy forms that they were once in. Sounds essential to me because... I've been to workshops where people were not masterful enough and they did not know how to transmute that energy that came pouring out of people. And it's like, oh, mm -hmm. and it's become, you know, as, as I stepped into my shamanic journey, it became, you know, the power of the observer again and trusting our intuition, because there's a lot of the times where languages that I don't recollect, but they sound familiar. The frequency sounds familiar, comes through me hand signals and signs and, and dance moves come through me. And I used to shut all those things down because I was like, well, that's going to look weird, but that's actually the movement or the sound or the thing that needs to be done in order to transmute that energy. Well, good for you for claiming those things and using the power that they provide. That's pretty amazing. We all have the capacity. We just have to tune yeah. back in. Yeah. That is so nice. All right. Last question. 
before I hear about what you want to offer as a gift to my listeners, let's talk about your tattoo. (laughs) The one you see on my chest. (laughs) Yes. It's so beautiful. It's just, and you know, what's really funny. You're going to laugh at me, but when I was in college, I used to draw things like that all the time. And so for people who can't see it, you'll see it when you see the page and I put your picture up, but it's a beautiful line design that has curves and kind of organic looking. There's some diamond shapes or whatever, and it's crisscross. It's just gorgeous. So this tattoo, I sat in an ayahuasca journey, uh, plant medicine journey. And one of the biggest things that I took from that was my power as a shaman and as a medicine woman. And it was, the remembrance had always been there, but to step into that power was a whole other thing to speak into that power was a whole other thing. Yeah. So my tattoo artist is from Sweden. And so she has a very deep grounding and foundation in Nordic culture and in, you know, her Swedish background. And so I asked her, I said, I need you to develop a design for me as a chest plate uh, to remind me to, to bring the wisdom from my womb up to my heart and speak it, speak my truth with loving awareness she created this tattoo for me. And when I went to go get it, this is one of the most painful places I've ever had tattooed in my life. That needle bouncing off your sternum is something else. But while she was doing this tattoo, I believe that there is a sacred healing power in tattoo ceremonies, especially when done right. And not in just the the shops we have here in the United States, but in a, in a true ceremony. And so in that ceremony, I saw a circle of women that all had the same marking on their chests and that we were high priestesses and we were there to do healing ceremonies. We were there to sing. We were there to bring that healing alchemy and and vibration through our throats and our hearts. And so this tattoo has always been there to remind me to listen to my womb, to tune back in, to bring that wisdom up to my heart and to speak my truth lovingly. So while you were talking about getting all these energy rushes, was like, woo! So yeah, there's a lot of power in that because I could feel it as you were talking about it. It's really beautiful, but I love what's behind it. And I I think that's really interesting thinking about the more spiritual aspects of getting that tattoo and the ceremony of it versus just going into ink and then getting a tattoo. So yeah, that's very different approach. And so that's great. So it, it reminds me of, it reminds you of your previous connection and your current connection. That's a fabulous story. Yeah. And, and I think that that's, you know, an important thing to mention there is that, you know, especially in the United States, tattooing has been made um, another way of making money. And so since I was 16 and I got my first tattoo, you know, I didn't have an option. I had to go into these shops with loud music and abrasive energies and all of this stuff. But my intention was always the same. It was to transmute pain. And so I, I gave my pain a purpose. And so I would transmute that pain through that, the pain of the tattoo. And as I got older, I found this beautiful tattoo artist that I have now. And so she sets ceremony in your home or in her home. And we have, you know, mute shamanic music on that takes you through a journey. And we focus on breath work and meditation. And it's, it's a whole other process yeah. of turning your pain into purpose. That's really quite an expansive experience. Mm-hmm. Sounds amazing. Well, this has been fabulous. I have to end it here, but I wish you could go on longer. What is your freebie for our listeners? If anybody who's interested. 
I'm sure you'll post the links below and I'll, I'll send them to you, but on Insight Timer, um, and if somebody else needs a different link, um, I can give it to them. But on Insight Timer, I have a meditation on there that's called Reclaim the Power of Observation. And this meditation takes you through uh, the whole process of returning to being the observer and giving you the time and space to call back all parts of yourself. Being in the space of the observer gives us awareness and awareness gives us choice. So with this choice, we regain our power. Excellent. That sounds great. I can't wait to listen. All right. Yeah. So all your links, your website is theelementalembodiment.com, but all the links will be in the bottom so people can contact you and, and definitely get your free gift. So I wish you all happy journeys, fun experiences, great connections. I hope your trip is everything you want it to be and more. Thank you, dear. Thank you for having me on today. It was wonderful. This is Ronnie and Ryan Love and Cosmic Coach thanking you for listening today. If you'd like cosmic coaching and guidance for your spiritual path, a psychic, intuitive, or card reading, or to learn about your past lives and how they influence your life today with an Akashic Records reading, please visit nevertoolate.biz. If you like this episode, please give it a thumbs up and subscribe and share it with someone that you love. I'll have more about love and magic next time. Until then, this is Ronnie and Ryan hoping you make the most of the love and magic that always surrounds you.